Alrighty. Hi, folks. Uh, so I was looking over my notes for my interview this week, and I have uh, absolutely positively no content warnings, so you're left with whatever randomness we come up with. Um, that being said, we also have animals, and they are noisy. And in the case of Hound, still trying to climb in my lap. Pushy AF, yeah. Um, so there's that much. Um, and also, we swear a lot often at one or two cats in particular, none of whom are in the room because I fed them. <laughs> I fed them before we got started this time. Because I am a intelligent, grown-up person who planned ahead for once. I mean, that's, that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, uh, so, hi folks, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 240. Wow. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Uh, I have a fantastic interview with uh, Alistair Isom later. And, I mean, I'm really excited about this because Alistair's just really neat and had a lot of really cool things to say. Um, and so, hey, I got that. I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah, so uh, my week has been um, interesting. Oh? Yeah, well, we had a shutdown day on Friday, then we had a weekend, then we had a federal holiday on Monday. Yeah. So I had a four-day weekend. And then we have another shutdown day this Friday, so I've got a three-day week. And a lot of people are taking, a lot of people in the U.S. are like, it's three days, I'm going to take it off. Um, good for them. Absolutely. Take your time off, people. Uh, so it's, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, my boss is off, and uh, um, I, I, those of you in the tech world probably know about this. Tuesday, um, there was a problem I guess somewhere in Amazon Web Services that impacted Slack and GitHub, two of the most like used tools in my workplace. And so we had to switch to, we have a backup um, sort of chat system that's encrypted. And uh, so suddenly we're all talking on that. And my manager who's supposed to be on vacation is like, oh God, what's, what's happening? And we're all like, no, Slack's down, just, just turn it off. And it's always refreshing. Like, I was in a team meeting today, and again, um, you know, our, like, division vice president was like, yeah, no, turn off your Slack when you go on vacation. Don't look at your email. It's okay. And it's always refreshing, because I was reading the, the I guess it was an, a I can't remember if it was an Ask a Manager or, or a, Am I the Asshole? Mm -hmm. I think it was an MI the asshole about somebody who was starting a new role at an existing company and had all this vacation time approved and was like, I'm going on vacation. And the new manager was like, well, can you postpone it? And he's like, no, I've already had to postpone a couple times. I'm, I'm going on vacation. And then like had to look at something like had been offline for like days, had to look at something and his manager had blown up his phone and left messages like, um, I hope you're, you know, I, I hope you get better soon because the only reason you should not be responding to me at this point is if you're in the hospital. Fuck. Which is, yeah, which is, you know, basically, 
and then like he quietly reaches out to some coworkers and they're like, yeah, no dude is losing his mind. You should, you need to talk to him right away. And he's like, but I'm on vacation. And I said I was going to be on vacation and this was approved months ago. So I haven't looked at the follow-ups yet, <laughs> but uh, most of the advice was one screenshot everything. Oh yeah. Because uh, emails, um, Text messages, save all the voicemails, since it was a work-specific phone and that phone was off. Because if they decide that, you know, okay, if they've started termination process, they're going to cut all that off. So you need to have those backups. Absolutely. Right? Uh, two, you probably want to talk to human resources. And while human resources is there to protect the company, in this case, it will be protecting the company from a very bad harassment lawsuit. Indeed. And... um and I am just so grateful that I work for a company that is like, yeah, if you go on vacation, go on vacation. We'll be fine. And if there's an emergency, we have lots of people around who are capable of handling it. And I'm just like, okay. I mean, to the point where we're like, hey, I had PTO. I have, you know, vacation coming up and my on-call happens to fall on th those dates. I, you know, uh... Can I get coverage? And people are like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Sure. No, we, we'll, we'll, we'll put in overrides. We'll, we'll trade schedules. It'll be fine. Um, which is, I, I love how supportive we are of each other. Um, it's, I, I, it's one of the, the really good things about my workplace culture. Absolutely. I you think know? that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, otherwise I am, I am playing with data and identifying you know, capacity usage, which is part of my job now that I'm, I'm doing, I'm part of the capacity team and I'm, I'm, you know, helping like design an internal use API and it's, it's really cool stuff. I really enjoy it. So, um, I'm very happy. All that being said, that's, uh, that's basically my week. I have one day left this week and then I have a three day weekend and then a four-day week before we go on vacation. Yes. And I will mention that we will, there will not be a productivity alchemy um, the week of uh, March 10th. Because we are going to be out of touch. I don't feel like dealing with it beforehand. We're just going to... It's just going to have to happen. You're allowed to take a, a, a week yeah. off, dear. It's yeah, okay. Take a week off. Now, if anybody who's going to be in the same place as we are happens to want to talk about productivity, I am taking my recording equipment, but I'm not going to put myself through the stress of, of making a, a podcast through all that. So I'm... Uh, my week has just been work, do stuff, you know, write words for the thing. Uh, write and, the thing. Uh, start to panic about the upcoming travel. Yeah. You know, I'm getting that. Oh God, it's it's next week, looming on the horizon, crushing all <laughs> other dates before it, and yes, well, hitting the point where I'm like, you know, just sort of want to sit paralyzed in the corner until D-Day rolls around because how am I supposed to do anything when that date is sitting there? Yeah. I um, mean, you know, we, we've, we've done this before. I, I mean, know, but travel is always right. a thing. So. And this one is so much easier than planning for being away for a month. Oh, God, yes. So, which was... 
Uh, yeah, I mean, so it's... It'll be exciting, it'll be fun. It's very easy, it's not a the sort of trip that we haven't done, uh, you know... Uh, uh, it, it, nothing should go wrong, but it's just the usual, whenever there's a big travel thing you're looking forward to, you're like, oh god, oh god, this isn't really going to happen, something will stop it. Yes. <laughs> also of note is, um, I mean, we'll talk about it after because we're planning some really cool stuff for the other attendees. I'm very excited. Yes. So we'll we'll get to that. Yep. Uh, when we get home, because right now it's all prep, and I don't want to. I don't want to jinx anything. Right. Exactly. My so. superstitious dread is huge. I know. I know. There's uh, and and really, there's no. I, I, this is an interesting question. Is it better or worse? After you take your meds in the morning, like, um, does it become manageable and then it comes back, or or where does it, where does that happen? Uh, I'm fine as long as I don't think about it, it, it's bad Pardon in the morning because I am thinking about what do I have to do. It's bad in the evening because I'm thinking about yeah. what do I have to do tomorrow. Right. And it's bad when I think about anything involving schedules or calendars or deadlines. Yeah, so fascinating. Like, like when I'm focused on writing, I'm just writing. That's fine. Uh, and and you have had Horizon Forbidden West to distract you for the last how many days now? Uh, it came out Friday. Yeah. So. Yes, and as soon as this podcast is done, that's what I'm going to go do until about <laughs> right. two in the morning. So yeah, right back to it. Yes. So, two, it is. It is. Four, it is gripping me hard. It's yeah. This so is like day good. six of of your escapism into the world of Horizon. Oh, so, it's so good. Yeah. I really needed a, a big immersive game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. Also, I, I needed one where people are fundamentally, like, nice and good, except for a few villains. Like, yeah. almost everybody is just trying to get along. And so, and... And all the conflicts are basically two groups trying to get along who have different ideas about how you do that, crashing into each other, and a few crazed cultists. And it's like, <laughs> you can talk most of the people down, you shoot the cultists with arrows, and right. everything is fine. Uh, also, fuck Ted Farrow if you played yeah, Horizon Zero you, Dawn. Yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah that, that seems to be a recurring theme in... He and those. Handsome Jack are like the two most absolutely hated villains in in all of video game history, I swear to god. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So um I have an interview and I was just going uh, over I was flipping through my notes just to make sure I didn't miss anything before we get started and I noticed that um we I I do have a, a note that there's a healthcare rant Okay. And there is some talk about chickens. Uh, for those of you who want to, like, skip chicken talk, just hit that skip 30 seconds when you get to it. It may be longer. Hit it twice. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, the healthcare rant is, of course, that uh, uh, Alistair's in the UK. Ah, yes. And so we're both in agreement about how terrible the US healthcare is. So, yeah. Um but that is uh, about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, I guess that's what we need to know for the 
interview that you're about to go to right now. Yeah, sorry, my brain is is shorting out for some reason. So, yeah, anyway. Hit that button, play the music. Yes, uh, we'll be right back with Alistair right after this. Hi, folks. I am here today with Alastair, and Alastair has graciously agreed to come on the show and talk about how he stays productive. And other than that, I'm just excited to have you here. Alastair, can you do a significantly better introduction than I just did? And tell us a little bit about what you do. Thanks for inviting me along, Kevin. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm an exited software as a service entrepreneur. So I sold my software as a service business about three years ago. Um, and since then, uh, what I've been doing is I'm on a mission to my main objective is on a, I'm on a mission to kind of help businesses become help businesses and the people that work for them become more efficient or productive. However, we want to look at it. Um, and it's something there were some tricks I learned over 14 years of setting up my business um, that allowed me to make it run like clockwork uh, that made me very happy, that made my staff happy. And I, I kind of ended up building a software product in that business. And so my main objective is to kind of take that happiness to other businesses that I see that are, are kind of miserable and where I used to be before I did that. So I do that. Um, other things I do, I'm an, I'm a, an investor in about 15 other, um, mainly tech, but not all companies. Um, and I mentor some of the CEOs of those companies. Um, and I've written a book, um, which is aligned to the kind of whole mission to make businesses and, and people um, happier um, through productivity and, and, and efficiency, um, which is called the dirty word, um, which you can get on Amazon. So um, the dirty word, when you look on Amazon for the dirty word, you have to be careful because there's a few dirty words. Um, you should be able to you should be able to figure out mine because it's not the rude one. It's the it's the one that's the, it's the business book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to link it in the show notes. So, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that um, later on. So... Um, do you have any hobbies or anything else going on that would impact like how your days roll before we get to the other questions? Yeah, my, my life is, um, I'm very, very lucky um, mm-hmm. to have had this business that I exited. So um, my life's kind of a bit, um, is, hobby is I, I fly helicopters. So I'm, I'm learning to get my a new rating on a new helicopter at the moment. I race cars, so um, which is, wow. which is okay. a complex thing to do. You'd be surprised how complicated it is to organize that. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I race, um, raced, I did it for the first time last year. But I race MX fives, um, uh, Mazda MX fives. Um, oh wow, year. okay, yeah. Uh, do, you get, do you get Mazda MX fives in the in the US? I don't know. Oh yeah, we do. Oh yeah, yeah. And, I mean, uh, I, I'm an RX seven person myself. If I if I had my druthers, I would still have you know my 1983 RX seven, um, and the RX eight just isn't the same. Um, although I've had I've heard rumors of people who take a Miata. And put the RX7 engine in it, and uh, that that's a fascinating concept to me. So, but yeah, we, we do get the MX5 as well. I have a friend who um, who does uh, uh, some racing, and she's big on the uh, with the Miatas. 
Yeah. So yeah, MX Five is a good car because it's not particularly fast, but it's mm. all about getting around the track as quickly as possible. So I mean, it's not it's not like um, Daytona stuff. This is windy, bendy, bendy circuits. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The corners and they they're brilliant cars to take around corners. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. My my Camaro is not as good as those, on those tight corners as the Mazda. So yeah, yeah. Um, but it's meant to go very fast in a straight line and not turn as much. So yeah. it's a different thing. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I do that. Awesome. Okay, that's that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah. No, I, I I love it. I love it. I've wanted to do okay. it all my life and. Um, I finally got around to doing it last year, and uh, it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely his best fun ever when you're behind someone trying to get by. So yeah. Oh, yeah. So you have a lot going on. How how do you stay, or how how do you keep yourself organized with all of that going on? So so this is kind of like links into my mission, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, because I I'm very lucky in that I actually I actually. The, my business is that, so I kind of like I'm building a software product that has that. So I've got a. It's like it's like say you say you own Trello and you could make Trello do what you wanted to do. That's what I kind of do with with my. my product. <laughs> so, you okay. know, you can you don't yeah. go I got I go looking for another Trello. You just make Trello try different. So I, I built Processless, um, and it has it has two objectives. But one of them is to kind of help businesses with their process. But what I also managed to build into it was this mm-hmm. what I think is a really cool to do list function. Um, and the, the reason I think it's cool is I think there's there's two things that people struggle with when they, you know, when they, so the example I give, you come back off holiday, right? And you've got right. 60 things you've got to do and they're all buzzing oh, yeah. around in your head, you know, and they're all kind of like annoying you and frustrating you. It's a real mental health, mental well-being issue because uh-huh. it makes you unhappy because you, you, you can't get your head around all these things. They keep One keeps popping in and you're just worrying about one thing to the next. And... You know, what I found was that if I, well, number one, get it written down. So what I do is I get all those things into the system um, right. and I quickly create them all. So that's now I'm not worrying about them. I know they're there and they're going to get dealt with eventually. And then the second thing that you do now, I've still got 60 things to do. Yeah, I can see them. The second thing is most of those things um, are with other people or they can't be done yet. Or, you know, you're, you're waiting mm-hmm. for something or you they're not particularly urgent. You're not going to get around to it for a week. But they're still in your head. So what I do then is I there's a there's a feature where we can put them onto a, like a future to do list. We call it snoozing. But you put them on a future to do list. And I I built this because I couldn't find a to do list system that 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 really did this very well. So it goes onto a future to do list, and they pop back onto my to do list when the date comes that I set. And if I'm still not ready to do it, I can move them to yeah. the future again. So that's number one. And that gets me down to about 15 things instead of 60. And then of the 15, really, when you start to order those things, and it just allows me to quickly order them and, and drag them which ones I want to the top and which to the bottom. When you order them, you, you suddenly find that actually there's only three or four things that you really need to get done. And those three or four things are um, quite, sometimes they're really easy to achieve. Um, and there's probably one or two that you don't want to do, you know, like, like maybe you're oh, yeah. them, and they're horrible. So what I do is I, I'm quite disciplined on that one. I put them to the top. Because uh-huh. I know that when, I know that when they're done, I will become a happy bunny, because you know they're the ones that are causing the misery. So I identify the ones that are causing the misery most, and I get them out of the way. And so yeah, I I, I and the, the beauty of it is if I want the software to do something 
new or different or better, I can kind of like get the development team to, to do it. I don't abuse that too much, but, um, <laughs> but, but yeah. 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 Um, so the, the, the funny thing is I often hear that as um, the eating the frog method. Mm. You know, um, who was it that uh, there was somebody that said, you know, if you eat a frog first thing in the morning, your day can only get better from there. So yeah. do the unpleasant thing first, eat that frog, and... Um... <laughs> Reward yourself with a, a, a kind of pleasant task or, you know, something you yeah. want to do. So sometimes I'll go, I'm not allowed to go for a run until I've done that job. I'm going to do that job, then I'll go for a run. Not that a run's a pleasant thing, but... Um, or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have that coffee until it's done, or I'm not going to have that bit of chocolate until it's done, or whatever it is, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so get it out of the way, give yourself a reward. rest of the day's happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, yeah, no, this is. And I suppose the, 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 other nice, yeah. the nice thing about that as well is mm-hmm. I, because it's how, what we're doing is we're going to other businesses who have got 50 people who are all struggling with this stuff, right? The right, other thing right. Is you, you come in the office in the morning and you start, even if you do this, you start on job number one and then the phone rings. So you go do that. And then when you get oh, yeah. back, you think, what was I doing now? Oh, and then you start reading your emails and you read some emails and you have a look at your Slack and you're kind of doing all that. And then you think, <laughs> right. And then, and then you respond to a Slack, respond to an email and then kind of something else happens. You, you know, someone comes in and talks to you and before you know where you are, you're on job number, you're on the sixth job of these random jobs that aren't prioritized in yeah. any way and aren't important. And you've forgotten what job number one is. And the number of people you hear who say, I got to the end of the day and the one thing I wanted to achieve today, I never got around to because they, so, so having this list that I kind of, it's my, it's like my Bible. Every day I just go to this list that I create and manage the list and I just enjoy ticking the most important things off. And if I'm ever wondering what to do, I don't go to my email. I go back to the list and get those jobs done, you know, and, and my email is kind of like an end of the day, you know, a couple of times a day I'll do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's, um, it's good and it works for me. And, and I guess what I'm trying to do is get whole businesses to adopt this methodology. For all their staff and you know with all their personal tasks and their business tasks just to get because because it and we call the product process bliss because it does make your life blissful when you get that right i suppose you know it does it does um and now i'm going to ask the 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 questions because this is something i don't struggle with it anymore because um i no longer have uh i've recently transitioned teams in my job my day job and so um, I'm not as interrupt-driven as I was in my prior role, right? So yeah. it's it's a lot easier for me to say, okay, I'm focusing on this one thing. Here's a block of time. I can time block out and say I can focus on this one thing. Um, but that struggle, that struggle with the with the whole interrupt-driven pieces uh, is very real, um, especially uh, at least on the tech side of things. I mean especially if you're on like help desk or support or something like that, or, you know, that week I'm on call, everything suddenly becomes, okay, drop everything, go deal with this alert. All right, well, where was I? What do I need to pick back up? And can I get started before that next alert rolls in? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah, but it's kind of remember, it's kind of drawing you back to where you were. That's the hard bit. And that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, and and having something that makes me do that is really is really good. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard various studies that say you know if you're interrupted in the middle of something like that, it takes about 15 minutes to get back where you were, yeah. and that doesn't even 
cover the whole, well, as long as I'm not doing the thing I meant to be doing, what's the shiny thing on Slack or the shiny thing in my email? Yeah, I think that's really true. If you've got a job that's going to take like two hours and it's if it's only really efficient if you do it all in one shot, mm-hmm. you just got to be disciplined about that and say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. sit down and do this. And no one's interrupting me. And anyone interrupts, you just back them away until you kind of <laughs> kind of get that job done. And then, you know, I'll, I'll, I will I'll make it. And I think I think this that's where this stuff comes in useful, this paper oh, stuff, because yeah. I still use that. But I use that for stuff just to deal with it quickly. Everything that goes onto paper ends up going electronically in the end. It's just a temporary place where I can just get it quickly noted down. So they come in, they hassle myself, I'll call you back, put it down there. Don't want to have to go entering things into my laptop. When I come to done, job done, I go to that and I sort of enter them all up on my to-do list to make sure I do all the things that I, I need to do. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a dedicated device for that. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, something I can quickly jot things down on and then um, t- tablets have come so far in the last, like, five years, I swear. I, I wouldn't have even considered this on an original iPad, but now I'm just like, yes, I have a thing and I will scribble on it and then i'll go back to the task um yeah, I don't keep, an ipad by the way <laughs> i don't keep notes either well, i do i kind of like figure all the stuff that gets written down has to be dealt with then so i use um i use little post-it notes like right, big, right. big well big post-it notes you know that's twice big, the size yeah. of a post-it note and um i i kind of the way that's useful is i write down whatever i've got to do then then i'm going to throw it away i don't keep it i can't keep that in any way so it has to be dealt with it has to be put on a to-do list or it has to be documented in something sensible. Because I find notes pretty useless. You go back and, you know, they, they don't really, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that for not a lot of information, it's, it's important you distill it there and then. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I used to have just notebooks that I would keep, um, that that was their whole purpose. And it was just like, here's a quick thing, write it down so that I've got it right there in front of me when I'm done with the next thing, and then tear out the page or you know, flip the next page, go through, see what I missed, just in case kind of thing. Um, uh, mostly because I was starting to run out of places to put sticky notes around my monitor and desk because that was, you know, that that's a thing. There's only so many places you could put them, and maybe that's a sign that at the time, because it's my, my systems have changed significantly since then, that uh, maybe I was trying to keep track of too much. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, I needed to simplify. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, any preferences on email client? Um, I'm, um, I was a, I used to be a, I used to be a, in my old business, um, an Outlook user. Um, I switched to Gmail when I set up the new business because it, I just, I just like the whole collaborative stack of Gmail. You know, Sheets is just oh, yeah. a great. At all. It's not as functional as Excel, but really like it um, mm-hmm. for that. So I switched to Gmail. I still use the Outlook app on my iPhone because I think yeah. that's one of the best apps for viewing mail. Um, so yeah, and I think the the thing that the thing I liked about the old Outlook one was, and it's because my original prototype of this to do list was written in the Outlook um, in the Outlook kind of to do functionality. So you can flag yeah, email. Yeah, yeah. We've written a interface that does that into our software now so it's yeah but it's it's that kind of being able to flag an email and it go onto your to-do list is is mm-hmm. kind of is kind of the key aspect of that that's important to me um yeah oh yeah yeah 
Wow. Now, see, the thing is, I haven't even looked at um, a process bliss like in depth. Now it's like I'm gonna have to look at this because if it just interfaces straight to like my my Gmail apps or or my Google apps or whatever, then yeah, this is you know that that could be a an uplift over what is essentially a, a digital version of my favorite planner pages. So. Yes. <laughs> um, so we've talked a little bit about this um, because you've 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 gone through pretty much the entire thing. Are there any other systems or habits that are, are valuable to you? You know, the one thing I would comment on, um, which I I wish I could tell everybody that I meet and people who work for me, but I feel a bit it's a bit rude sometimes to say. But you know, when you're in a meeting and you you you're in a meeting. Uh, which is where you spend a lot of our times. So I'm, I'm, my, my previous product was meeting software. So um, mm-hmm. I, that's the business I sold. So that kind of is a space I, I, I understand a little bit about. That you get people that take the conversation in different directions and they, um, you know, the conversation, you try to resolve an issue and people keep dragging you away into different places. And, yeah. because, and it's because they, they have a question or they have something they want to bring up and they, if they don't bring it up there and then, they'll forget about it. So they bring it up. And so they, and then it takes the conversation off and that means the original issue doesn't get discussed. So what I always do, and I really find it wrong, in my meetings, I have three things I write on a piece of paper, the post-it note system. Um, one is actions. So they're just, you know, anything I've got to do, I put an A by it and I, I have a section, I put actions. The second is notes. So they're just things that I've observed that I might want to think about afterwards, maybe, or consider or do something with. And then the third, which is the really important bit, is questions. So if I've got a question when someone's talking, I don't sort of blurt it out. I write it down and I wait. And I know then I've written it down, it will be asked because it's there. So I can wait to the end of the topic without having to worry that my, my question won't be raised or I'll forget, I'll forget about it. And I wish more people did that because we'd have much better meetings if we all kind of allowed, allowed the issue that's under discussion to finish and be properly discussed, you know? Um, so that that's it. That, well, it's not a software. It's just a system I have that yeah, yeah. works for me. Um, yeah, that, that was I, I, that's probably the the key one. Uh, the rest is fairly mainstream, I think. So yeah, <laughs> it's Slack, Calendar, you know, the stuff everybody yeah. uses. <clears throat> uh, there's there's sort of an interesting question as well. Have you have you found like I am a remote worker? I've been a remote worker now for almost eleven years. Um, so I had it all down. Before, like, the company I work for, we're remote first. We've had it all down for, like, years. And then watching the shift um, over the last two years and ongoing has been absolutely fascinating. Um, Did you find anything change significantly with the now you have to, you're not going into an office every day? I mean, you may not have been going into an office every day anyway. No, I, I, um... (laughs) I, I, I was. The office was there. I wasn't going in every day, but the office was there every day and people were going in every day. Um, no, for, I mean, it just, hey, what was interesting to me was just the whole um, the whole aspect about the way that uh, this thing that loads of CEOs and founders and managers was terrified about, you know, this work from home, because you can't trust people to work from home, can you? And it right. had to happen. And all of a sudden, it was just so much better than, I mean, not everybody, but it was so much better for most people. Yeah. People were still getting their jobs done. It was all working. So for us, and, and you know, and they were having a better quality of life and they got more time and they could, you know, they can pick up the, well, they, they can, they have, have a break for half hour and see their kids. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just, and, I, and it, it made me reflect back on why I set up my own business and didn't want to work for anyone. And it was largely because I considered work to be a form of slavery. You know, it, 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 you basically, you tell someone they've got to sit in this chair and stare at that monitor eight hours a day for 40 hours a week. And they're not allowed to leave and they're not allowed to do what they want. They're not allowed to check Facebook or do their bank account. They've got to, they've got to stare at this monitor and do this stuff. And we're going to keep an eye on them and we're going to lean over the shoulder and we're going to discipline them if they don't do that sort of stuff. And it, it just, you know, that, that, that's how you can describe that other than a form of slavery. I mean, I can leave, but I need to provide an income for my family and kids. So I can't really, can I? And there was no options. Right, right. Um, I, I think it's just wonderful that this new life. Yeah. And here in the States, it's not just like food and whatever. It's, you know, like my job is tied to my insurance. Yes. So yes. my health care. Yeah. I mean, um, admittedly i'm i'm in a privileged position where i have very good healthcare benefits but if i lose my job or change jobs there's a whole upheaval that goes into that um which i do not understand at all about in this country and i've lived here my entire life um so you want me to get on, you want me to, get on to that i find it amazing because what did i see the other day there was a there was an article by um saying you know if they um they're giving out the vaccines free. Well, why, why don't they give out the cancer? If, they, if, it, if it was that bad, they'd give out the cancer treatment for free. And I thought, well, most countries do. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Most countries, <laughs> countries don't give that out for free. You know, it's a given. So, um, mm-hmm. as, I mean, the poorer countries, but the, the, they don't. But in the West and the wealthy countries, and America's is one of the wealthiest Um you, you know, I find that amazing, but I'm getting into political areas now. That I'm, yeah, I'm, no, 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 no. You're no, you're pre- <laughs> preaching to the choir. I already, I there, there have been many disclaimers that you know, uh, if uh, that certain views will are are not supported on this podcast, and if you if you do them, then perhaps you should be listening somewhere else. And my one of my personals is, you know, healthcare is a human right, not a who can afford it kind of thing. Yeah, um, so I haven't alienated half your audience. That's right. <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, so yeah. Well, that that okay. So let's get back on track because I could go. I could go for an hour on that alone. Um, <laughs> what does a um, what's a typical day look like? And you've already sort of explained how you decide what to do first because you process your list, you get it ordered, you find that most important thing, and then you roll with it. But like. You know, are you an early riser? Are you a late riser? Are you somewhere in between? Do you have hours you've got? You know, how does how does that flow? So I used to be an early riser. I used to be um, when I when I had my business and I was working a lot harder. I used to get up, you know, half five, six, um, quick coffee, out for a run, back, uh, get showered, into the office, mm-hmm. and start my day. And you know, I wanted to be home. Um, uh, to, you know, have a, have a glass of wine in the evening if it was one of those evenings with the wife. And, you know, I didn't like nights going on past six o'clock. I wanted to get the day done. So that right. that was how I used to be. I think yeah, it still has. But I think the one thing I changed recently is when, when I sold the business, I read a lot about sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I was sleeping six, six and a half hours a night and to fit it all in. And it, it I think it wasn't great. And the stuff I read says, you know, you're going to, it's okay now, but you know when you get older, you're going to hit problems with, you know, it's not good for your mental health if you've been doing this all your life. So, um, I changed that, and I um, so now I I kind of like, and I'm lucky enough to 
like be able to just let off a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, now I, I kind of do the same thing, but I probably kick it all off about an hour and a half later, and maybe get a half hour. And you know, I I use Sleep Cycle, and my Sleep Cycle went within a few months from being six and a half hours sleep a night to nine, and I kind of aim for nine hours. I try to average eight and a half to nine hours a night, and I think that's that's really important to kind of take sleep seriously. So yeah. Um, that's my primary motivation for, uh, I have an Ura ring. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen those, the smart rings. Um, yeah, it monitors sleep. It monitors heart rate. It monitors a whole bunch of things. I picked it up because I can't use sleep cycle anymore. I learned how to turn off my alarm from my watch while I was still asleep. <laughs> Uh, which is which is a difficult thing. So, uh, but yeah, I've I've also been um, uh, very up on like how much sleep am I getting? How restful is it? Um, and it's surprising uh, how much your life improves, or at least your you know how you feel improves based on how much sleep you get. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's an intensely personal thing. Some people do need more. Some people need less. Um, there's a whole, um, I don't know if you've heard of the podcast maintenance phase, um, where they spend a lot of time discussing and uh, debunking like health fads. Um, and, but they had a, a fascinating one on sleep, what we think it does, um, how variable, how much time you should get. It's uh, just, it was just like a deep dive into the whole area of how sleep affects us and what the myths in the pop culture are versus the the reality um yeah. well, I, I grew up with sleep when you did you know you know <laughs> yeah and um and so i kind of had this you know sleep was a total waste of time attitude and um i don't think it did me any favors but i'll i'll, I'll um yeah i'll listen to that i feel happier now yeah. Yeah. oh yeah oh yeah hmm. i also Hmm? I'm probably less tense as well, you know, like a, a more relaxed and generally. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I happen to be one of those poor people with restless leg syndrome. Um, okay. But getting that treated has also like improved my sleep so much that it's just like a sudden and it, as, uh, an almost like lightning strikes sudden change uh, in an improvement in my quality of life. Um, yeah. Just because I'm able to sleep at night through, you know, straight through instead of having to stop and pace for you know 30 minutes or whatever yeah that can't be um, nice. yeah um and of course after work is or maybe since you're now sort of a, a little more of a of a free agent is when you can fit in things like learning to fly a new type of helicopter or i mean i'm incredibly jealous of that one or you know <laughs> maybe tinker with the car a little bit or uh, something like that it's um it works that's more my week my week is I generally try and arrange, my PA tries to arrange everything business-wise Monday, Tuesday. So things fill up from the front. Uh, Fridays I keep free for, because I often will work, but my wife mm -hmm. likes might, might want to go for lunch or something like that. And I think that's a healthy mm -hmm. thing to do. So we often do that on a Friday. So as the week goes on, the work gets less and less. So I tend to schedule the, um, the I, I normally plan these things because the racing and the flying, you can't just, you don't just, and do them their plans so i tend yeah. to schedule them you know later on in the week so my fun, my week gets more and more fun as it goes on um just kind of <laughs> how i do it um and it kind of works for me so yeah yeah 
uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, um, I used to fill the time available. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like, because um, you always you always can, but I kind of try not to do that now. And, and, and looking at it that way means, you know, I get my jobs. If I get my jobs done by by Tuesday night, that's brilliant. If I'm still working on Friday morning, that's fine. But, you know, once once everything's out of the way, I can go and do something else, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I have to uh, I have to hold the cat so he doesn't attempt to escape while someone is leaving the house. Yes, Sergey. <laughs> Hi. Yes. Okay, you can go now. Thank you. Um, he may start throwing things off the desk behind me. That's just his way, and I'll find the spray bottle if I need to. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm finding as I get older, trying to pack everything in and fill every moment is just less and less appealing. Because yeah. you also don't give yourself any downtime, and you do need downtime to like let your brain go. Yeah. And it's like, it's okay to read a book sometimes, or, you know, if it gets to Thursday, I'm on top of everything. If you want to, if you want to read a chapter of a book or something, mm-hmm. just, just do it. Whereas I used to kind of say, you know, I was brought, brought up on a farm and my dad taught me to work very hard. So for years I had this, this kind of mentality that, you know, you had to be working and productive all the time. You right. can't be, when I've got my first job at 21, um, in an office, first job, first office job ever, I was amazed people were allowed to go and make a coffee whenever they wanted. Because we, we were told we can only make a coffee at 11 o'clock. I'm like, what? You just go and make, you know, I, I've kind of like had this. So it's been, I've been fighting that all my life, but now I think I've finally cracked it. You know? yeah, my wife well, doesn't really um, too much, but. Yeah, I have a, I have a, uh, we have a friend who keeps sheep and goats and um, oxen, of all things. Um, I myself keep chickens, which are a, a lot lower maintenance, um, but it's fascinating <laughs> how quickly their time fills up just you know taking care of that and and having to say okay i have to stop and take a break now um maybe not as regimented as not until 11 but you know same sort of thing how many how many chickens have you got um we just lost one last week so i'm down to 15 oh wow we've got we got we got six and a cockerel um well yeah there 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 is the the rub this last um this last hatching season, I ended up with two more roosters. No, three more roosters. So I actually have six roosters out there. Um, and the uh, the chicken we lost uh, last last week, she was my broody hen. Because you've always got one that's just like, there are eggs, I will now sit on them. Um, so I, I'm starting to look at, at uh, uh, you know, as spring starts to approach and the lists of of uh, breeds available at the local uh, farm supply start to come in. I'm like, all right, what do I want this year? And who's going to make a good brooder? Because I I, I like to have a brooder. I, I don't like having a, basically an enclosure full of baby chicks in my office for four or five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Although this year was better than, than the last where of a hatching of eight, we had five roosters. Oh, right. So, yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah. So, well, we had some delicious chicken later on <laughs> after they matured. But yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah. We're not vegans around here. We're very blunt with what happens to extra roosters. Um, we, we got these we got these seven chickens during lockdown. And then my wife recently had high cholesterol. So she said, I'm going vegan. 
So now we've got this influence, there's eggs everywhere and we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I said, I'll go vegan with you, or semi-vegan, you know, I, I, right, when right. I eat home, but when we're at home, I have to. So, um, so, uh, yeah. She, uh, so yeah, she, um, yeah, we don't know what to do with the eggs, so we keep giving them away. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had I hit a point uh, this past spring when everybody was laying, and I think I had something like six dozen eggs in my refrigerator. And I'm like, I couldn't give the, I couldn't give them. All the neighbors were tired. Were were like, no, we we still have eggs from last time. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to just. What do I do? Put a sign up by the streets that says "free eggs." Take them away, please. Um, <laughs> it's big, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Fortunately, I love eggs, and so I and uh, uh, so does my wife, and so yeah, I just now have a personal goal of I have to eat at least two eggs a day, or I'll get overrun. <laughs> um, right, warning, chicken talk. Like people don't expect that. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a tangent. Um, are they any specific breed of chicken, or are they just random? Yeah. See, see, my wife looks after them, and she would be able to answer that question. I have oh. to say, okay, credit for her effort here, because um, I just enjoy looking at them walking around. Um, she does all the work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't know what they are, actually. They're like little bantams, I suppose. I don't know. Um, okay, okay. Pretty little things, you know? All different colors, so yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely, bantams are, some more more bantams are definitely on my list for, for uh, this coming year. Um, so, yes. yeah. But um, all right, enough of that. Enough of that. I could go for hours on chickens because yeah, no, I love. That's one of the things. One of the reasons I have them is they're right outside. Their their run is right outside my office window, and if I'm I'm stressed or whatever, I just look out the window and see chickens being chickens. And chickens don't worry about the next thing on their to do list. Chickens don't worry about like chickens are you know that whole Zen live in the moment kind of thing. That's exactly what a chicken does. So. Whenever somebody asks me, like, why are chickens productive, let me tell you about chickens. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, are you ready for uh, what I consider some of the fun questions? Yeah, good for it. All right. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've been given or and would give somebody else? So, so I suppose I, I spend my life with, founders of businesses and CEOs and, and you know, people mm -hmm. who run companies. And obviously I'm helping, trying to help them with the products and everything. But the one thing that I think people just need to do is let go. And, and, and that's that one. And that was, that's kind of the advice that was gradually spoon fed to me over the years when I was mm -hmm. running this business. And it was just when you, when you're in that sort of role and you're, you're in charge of something and you, you just, you kind of just make things worse. I used to have this phrase when I when I finally started doing this. I used to say to my kind of PA, who's still my PA now. She said, um, "She, uh, I said, um, you know, the, the the less I do, the better it gets, mm -hmm. uh, because you just kind of all the time meddling in people's business, like you know what's best, but actually most of the time they know what's best, and you're just interfering. And they wish you'd just f off. Um, you know, it's um, <laughs> it's um, it's kind of." Um, yeah, so I think let let go because you. I mean, that's what I see. I, I mean, I spend the time, and you go and meet to some CEOs, and some of them are good. That they they kind of understand that and they're delegated. But I'd say half of them, CEO founders, the people who are passionate about their little businesses, and they just want them to be so successful. They're the they're their own worst enemy because they're in there 
on top of everybody, making it be perfect, making it wrestling this business along. And, you know, the people they've got might be brilliant. And sometimes that makes the people they've got totally demotivated, which makes the, the, the CEO thinks they're all rubbish because they're, they're um, right. you know, they're not doing a great job. Whereas if, they, if you just let go, they have to grow into the role. And it's painful because you have to accept a little bit of a dip in performance while it happens and the leap of faith. But that's what you've got to do. That's the biggest thing. So for me, it was when that's what made, went, took me from being miserable, working 80 hours a week um, to kind of being happy and it all being run for me, thinking, feeling guilty for not doing any work, you know? Um, yeah. It's it's interesting because I've seen this same sort of thing in other organizations as well. Mm. Uh, Volunteer organizations, um, conventions, fandom conventions, where there's the the person who founded it or whatever has to be involved and has to be in control. And suddenly it just doesn't feel like the staff isn't having fun anymore. And the staff came because they want to have fun. Or, um, uh, oh, I see it in... in, um, Small nonprofits with a very passionate leader or founder, but they they just can't let people do their jobs, yeah. or it has to be done a very specific way to their very specific liking. If it isn't, then everybody's miserable, and that's not good for you. That's not good for your people. No, I agree entirely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so so yeah, that, that's that's the key, and it's it's, easy, it's an easy thing to say, but it's an incredibly hard thing to do. Um, it's a learned skill. It's a learned skill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A bit like, um, you know, when you're learning to do something like, I don't know, ride a skateboard and you get to that point where you have to do something that, that's going to hurt, but you've got to get, you've got to have a bit of pain before you get to the mm-hmm. next stage. Or you're learning to snowboard or you're learning to do something. And, you know, you can't, you just, you can't, it's the business version of that. You just can't quite get yourself to do it. But you know that if you practice and fall over a few times, that's the only way through this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. So thinking of falling over a few times, <laughs> that's a okay. great segue. Um, how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Um, I um, think failure for me so I'm thinking of this in a certain context um, as someone who's an entrepreneur and set up businesses and who's been advised to give up. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think that, um, you know, that I don't know. I, I, it's, I always look at it as just a matter of time. You just got to keep trying until you succeed. So I suppose that may be not the question you're asking when you talk about missing a goal. I don't really yeah. worry about that sort of stuff. I accept that we – we're always trying to do things and you know I'm, I'm quite i'm not hard on myself when when that that doesn't happen i think you, you're only really i can only really judge myself if i if i let myself down if i i didn't mm-hmm. do a good job because i was lazy and i try not to let that happen so you try hard and do your best then you know you will still have failures but that's kind of that's life but the thing with the thing with it in the context of setting up businesses is just got to keep going I mean, it's a bit cliche, but I do admire um, Elon Musk, um, and I have done for a long time. Um, it's a shame he's not a good he's not a good person to talk about anymore because he's kind of like proved it works by becoming the richest man in the world. But I, yeah, I do yeah, admire yeah. he so he would I agree with him that he would say 
Um, you know, he, he doesn't fail. He just keeps going until it works. And so, and I'm just amazed that, you know, he just sets off on these most audacious missions and, you know, he's going to make a rocket take off. He's going to sell it to, he's going to sell it to NASA and, and then he's going to make it land again on the spot it takes off from. And you're like, what? And he just does it. So, um, he just keeps going till it works and, mm-hmm. you know, read his books and the way he did the batteries for the cars and got, got the Teslas working. It's amazing. So, and I, I think, I think I was at a talk once with a, a British uh, CEO called Deborah Brady. Who is um she's actually chairman now of West Ham United Football Club, uh, which okay. is one wasn't one of our top clubs, but is fast becoming one. And she was asked asked you know what what's the one thing that makes people successful? And she said it's not being clever, you know, it's not being organised, it's not the one thing that makes people successful at, at you know at business is just determination, you know, never giving up, just keeping going. So I kind of like view failure in that context, I suppose. That you just keep going to succeed. Mm. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are many reasons to be, uh, shall we say, um, grumpy about Elon Musk, and I can list them off. Uh, <laughs> but from a technical and innovation standpoint no there's a lot there's a lot to admire there um the battery technology in the teslas is has been revolutionizing things and pushing all of that forward um i was looking at the technology that's coming up for um some uh are you familiar with us automaker ford Um, yeah yeah. they have an all-electric um uh industrial quality pickup truck coming out this year i've seen it Nice. Yeah, um, and the hybrid and a hybrid Mustang of all things, you know, it's like. It, but they had to have that competitive push. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm no fan of Elon Musk's. There's like, yeah, you're right. There's lots of things to criticize there, mm-hmm. and he kind of the way he's handled his fame and his success is a little bit bizarre. Yeah, yeah. but nevertheless. <laughs> he, he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna build tunnels under LA um, with, mm-hmm. a, with the boring company." And he's just like, "If anyone else said it, I'd laugh." But you, man, yeah, you probably will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's just finding the right people to make it viable. Um, on the other side of that coin, uh, the happy but difficult question I often find: Do you celebrate your successes, and if so, how? Okay, so. No, I think is the answer. <laughs> I'm terrible at that. As soon as I succeed in anything, I'm immediately I've immediately normalise it, mm-hmm. um, and it becomes just nothing. And I've have to move on to the next thing. And I've 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 done not so much therapy, but I've I've kind of had um, lots of um, I've done lots of analysis of myself over the years. I'm a member of this. Kind of um, self-development CEO network you have in the US called Vistage, and, and it leads you to you know improve yourself as well as your business. And I um, I learned a lot about myself and why I'm like I am, and I always want to achieve. And I, I try to deal with that and I try to celebrate success. But I someone asked me at a podcast recently, well, how do you define success? And um, mm-hmm. I said, um, and I thought that's a really good question, and I. And, and the answer should be the best way to define success is where you are now. Because if you define success where you are now, you'll be happy. And so I right. say that and I try to do that. 
but I can't. And success is, <laughs> success is, you know, process being, being massively successful, not for the money, just because I want to make, I want to make people, make people's lives happier and solve these problems I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But I know when I get there and, you know, I've got, 500 businesses doing it. We need to move on to the next 5,000. I don't care about those 500. I care about those 500, but they're, 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 that's done. There's no point having a party. Let's get to the next 5,000. You know, it's, um, it's, uh, yeah. So that's kind of how I, I suppose the way I, I look at it. And I think it's wrong, but I have <laughs> to change myself. Mm-hmm. In my old business, in my old business, people would say, Hey, Alice, we've had a fantastic year. Can we have a party? And I'm like, well, We've we've had a year and we've done what we did, but let's you know. <laughs> and then think, well, no, they have a party. Okay, you can have a party if you want, but I don't get it. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I I actually had it was a it was an interesting thing because it was actually a little demotivating. We had a uh, manager of VP come in to. Uh, a company I was working for to the engineering group, and he said, "All right, we're no longer going to have these. You know, um, yay, we just made a release. Let's go out and have, you know, and we'll go out and we'll have like beers and whatever afterwards, um, because releases should be. We should be releasing all the time. It should be normalized, right? SaaS company. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And so he said, "All right, fine. Um, we're just we'll do one a year." And it's like. On the one hand, I see where you're coming from. On the other hand, there was a little bit of a, of, uh, of you know, sort of a, a tick in everybody's thinking, like, I guess he doesn't care that we worked really hard for whatever. Um, and, you know, the, 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 even like the, the, you know, hey, we just released version 45, let's, you know, beers after, beers after work, um, was, you know, just that little bit of an oomph of, hey, we did a good job. Um, and it was, it, it took a while to adjust to, right? Because yeah. it really changes your mindset. It's wrong, and I work on it, and I think you're right. The impact isn't, it's, it's the impact on me, and but that's me, and that's my makeup. But it's the impact mm-hmm. you can have on your business is really bad. Um, mm-hmm. And because, you know, someone says, hey, we finished release 45, my instinct is to go, so when's 46 coming out? You know? And, right. and, and that is so wrong. But it's hard to it's hard to kind of change as a, a bit you know you just got to yeah, work yeah. on it and make it happen. So um, oh, and around you who do make it happen and just allow them to do it. They you know, say so it's your job to organize the parties, right? Because <laughs> I won't do it. Right. <laughs> Actually, what I what I found is with good roadmap planning, you already know when forty six and forty seven are coming out. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and celebrated them already. Yeah. Yeah, or are ready to celebrate. You already have the celebration celebration set. Um, oh, that's all the uh, the businessy questions. All the all the all the questions. This fast. This has been a great discussion. Um, now we don't have like we have a Patreon. We have a coffee. We have all that stuff. But we're in a really good position. We're very privileged right now, and so we don't want people to give us money. We ask our guests for charities that they'd like our guests to support. And um, do you have do you have someone like that? Um, you, well, so not that I could recommend to a mainly U.S. kind of listenership, I suppose, in that mm-hmm. I suppose I can actually. But, I mean, it's a, I think charity, is a, for me, it's a personal thing. Um, mm-hmm. when, we set up, when I set up my first business, my second employee died at the age of 26. Um, yeah. 
bowel cancer. So for me, that was quite a moving thing. And it's something that kind of I kind of carry with me and becomes my thing. Mm-hmm. But I can't recommend that. I think I think for me, charity is kind of that sort of thing where it has to mean it has to mean something to you. But the one charity that I the one charity I do think that's missing in the world, though, um, unless, unless there is one and, and I would donate to it, is I feel like there should be something to replace the gap that the lack of journalism these days is leaving behind. Because journalism is just, you know, it just seems to have been – well, in fact, this this is a charity, but it's not really – it's a business in that I um, I pay to read the right newspaper, even though you can mm. get news for free. I think that's probably what I'd say because – Paying to read the right newspaper is basically donating towards journalism. And journalism is really, really good. Journalism is really, really important for wronging a lot of, for writing a lot of the world's wrongs. Yeah. So if you look at, you know, if you look at spotlights and things like that. Um, you know, those sort of things where, you know, the, the, the acts, acts of the Catholic Church were flushed out by journalists. You look oh, at yeah. those things that happen. There's proper journalism that does it. I think that that's just a really important positive influence. And the reason it's important right now is because since the introduction of the internet journalism has just been slaughtered we used to have a newspaper delivered every day and that funded that funded that funded journalism because we all paid 50p a day a pound a day or whatever the number was towards the towards towards journalism and now everyone's living off adverts it's corrupted by the fact that the journalism is i mean one of the companies i'm i was um i came across the other day was one who basically tailors their journalism to match their advertising but, you know, so they're, they're doing journalistic stories that, that match their advertising. They, they're molding mm-hmm. the two together, and that's where the world is going, which means that you're, you're basically confusing advertising and journalism. So I really think that's a problem in the world that causes so many things, is at ri- risk of causing so many bad things to be allowed to happen. So, yeah, uh, so yeah but I'd say buy a newspaper. Or subscribe, subscribe to the newspaper. <laughs> subscribe to the New York Times or whatever you, whatever mm-hmm. you, whatever you know. Try not to be too political, and I'd say read a newspaper that disagrees with you. So I, I, I read the the some newspapers that have opposite political opinions to myself because I think oh, that's yeah. a healthy thing to do as well. You know, I think. Well, uh, yeah. if, if anything, it, it informs me uh, as to what my father is going to be upset about next time I, I see him. Um, so, because he and I are on different ends of the political spectrum in a large way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, no, no, I, I agree. And, um, uh, over the course of my lifetime, I've watched journalism, I'm not going to say devolve, but become less important to news. And I think that's, uh, been a, been a great shame when I'm going back. I was recently rereading, um, Berkeley Brethed's, uh, Bloom County comic and realizing that many of the things that he was commenting on in the eighties are still issues today. And, um, and a lot of, some of them could have been, I'm not going to say solved, but we would be better informed with good journalism around it. Um, when the comics page is where serious journalism is happening, that's really scary, mm. right? Yeah. And you're letting people get off the hook that really ought to pay for their their crimes or their, you know, mm-hmm. at least to, at least ought to be outed for what they're doing. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean that's where I'd go with that. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Okay, so where do we find you online? So. If people want to talk to me about productivity to-do lists, um, the um, process 
process stuff as well, which is kind of like more business-wide productivity. Um, yeah, you, I just just contact me on Twitter, Alistair Eason. Um, uh, you could go to alistairisom.com, um, and there's a you can subscribe to a newsletter there, um, or just reach out to me on LinkedIn and say, you know, just really interested to hear people's views on this stuff to understand how they how they look at it, and you know, because that's like I say, that's my mission. Oh, yeah. I have to help people figure this stuff out. So yeah, um, Twitter and 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 um, and LinkedIn and, and the website, I guess, alistairisom.com. Yeah, I was going to say, as someone who, whose primary social network is Twitter, uh, good for you. I will, I will certainly be following probably in the next hour or two. Um, and then your book. Yes. Your book. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's uh, like I say, that's available on Amazon. Um, the Dirty Word, uh, Alistair Eason. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's, um, it's about my journey to discover and implement, you know, efficiency in my business and hopefully there's a few fun stories in there along the way as well so it's, uh, it's awesome. not too dry don't worry process is a they, I, mean, I think you can get the opening chapter and and read that so you can see the kind of tone of it if you go to alistairisen.com and um i think there's an option there to download it so yeah yeah i've been i've been i i need something a little different i've been reading um much more serious sci-fi lately so i i need a break from that so um, sorry, I'm I'm a uh, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but the um, the Gaunt's Ghost series for Warhammer 40 40k is no. like yeah it's 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 grim dark military sci-fi set in the Warhammer universe blah blah blah. So I need a break because it is really grim sometimes. <laughs> read, read, read my, my book. What should I read? So I should read what? Ghost. <laughs> um, actually, you should read my wife's books, but uh, that's that's a different thing. <laughs> Um, <laughs> we can talk about that after, after, uh, after we wrap this up. So, um, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, no, a lot of fun. Yep. And, uh, and for the people listening at home, we'll be right back after this. Alistair, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you, absolute pleasure to have you on, and uh, a lot of fun. So um, I hope that uh, after our talk, that was like a month ago, uh, that you're getting a little better at celebrating your successes, but you know, it happens to everybody. You know, everybody, I, I've had seen so many people who have trouble celebrating their success, and people who are learning, like getting better at it. Um, I have a catch-up interview coming up later in March, where we can talk a little bit about that. Excellent. Um, so yeah, our magic word this week, our badge code this week, is the dirty word, all one word. And that is, of course, the title of Alistair's book, right? The dirty word, no spaces. Well, I mean, the book has spaces in in the title. Right. It's just, yeah. The badge um, code does not. The badge code does not. 
And then let me... No, no, don't step there. You just locked my screen. How am I supposed to update things if you've locked my screen, kitty cat? Damn. Um, did not break the recording, though. That's Yay! the important thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, check that out. There's a link to the book in the show notes. There's a link, of course, to Alistair's website and Twitter and LinkedIn. And you can go to Productivity Alchemy and in the little box, enter just the dirty word with no spaces, and you will get a badge that as soon as we're done, I'm going to go design. Yes. And it'll be awesome. And while you are there, there there's another link that you can click. What does that link say, Kevin? I believe you're talking about the link that says support. Yes. Why should they not click it? Well, first of all, uh, I will say it does link to a Patreon, Ursula's Patreon. It links to my Kofi, but we don't need it. Exactly. We absolutely don't. Um, So you don't need to click on it because we're fine. I'm not going to turn down a free coffee or, you know, but you don't need to support it even if you know the Kofi gets you a badge code. Um, <clears throat> you yes, uh, anyway, give money uh, to a charity that needs it. Yes. So what Alistair has said is charities are very personal. That's and true. So what Alistair would like people to do, and I'm going to go do some lookups on this so that I have I have some good links at least for people, is um, uh, pay to read the right newspapers and good journalism is. Um, is what sets the wrongs of the world right. And so uh, journalism is incredibly important in supporting good journalism and not just we're making shit up to get you riled up is terrible. So I will find some responsible journalism links that you can support. Yep. Um, also, if you happen to have a good local newspaper, and I mean like local, local, like we have the Chatham Journal, right? Nice little local newspaper that deals pretty much with exclusively the news of Chatham County, North Carolina. And it's generally pretty good. Their message board is a train wreck of the usual dreck. But, you know, overall, the journalism in it is pretty good, but it's hyper-local. I don't mind supporting them. uh, But I think it's important for us to... to, I, I agree that good journalism is important, and we need to support as much good journalism as we can, because they're... It's... In the last decade, it has just been so commercialized and run down. It's it's appalling. So, yes, that is that. Uh, otherwise, give money to one of our regular charities. One of these days, I need to put together a page with just, here are all of the charities our guests support, and here are the charities we support. Yes, uh, we um, yeah. uh, uh, highly recommend the, um, what is the, the, uh, uh, Crap, I know the name, I'm blanking. The Trans... Uh, trans Lifeline? Trans Lifeline, trans yes. Trans Lifeline, yes. It is a good time to do this. Also, mm-hmm. um, uh, Texas is doing some bullshit. Again? Uh, oh, you've been offline all day. Oh, we'll yeah. have a talk about this We'll have afterwards. a talk, okay, yeah. yeah. We don't want uh, yeah. to send uh, anyone off here. Yeah. Yes, uh, give them some money. There yeah. are links. Um, I believe Trans Equality Texas, I want to say, is one. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, give it, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, but go out and support... People who need it. People who need it, and whether it's hyper-local, whether it's national, or whether it's in another state, it's important to support each other. Yes, we, we, are, we are what we've got. Yes. All right. Well, we and my copy of Horizon Forbidden West, which I'm going to go play right now for the rest of you. Yeah, for the rest of you, you know what? Um, go out there and do your best to... Uh, 
stay productive, even if that means disconnecting from work. I'm going to go hunt some robot dinosaurs. Oh, yeah.